When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Now, welcome to the 100th episode of the Old Fart New Tech Podcast. Two years in the making. Well, not really. I'd like to tell you that I have something special in store, but alas, it's kind of the same old stuff. It's been very busy at the old farts household lately, some of which I'll be telling you about later. The sections will be the same, but I'll just be giving opinions, no hard stories. I'll reflect back on the past in the podcasting section, being there is no real podcasting news or much of any news, except the same old garbage that's been going on in this crazy time we've been living in for the past couple of years anyway. If anyone is left from the beginning, I'd like to take this time to thank you for your loyalty. For those listeners who may be new, or are new, welcome aboard. I promise to bring you a much better listening experience in the future. When in the future, well, I can't say yet. I should be retiring from my job early next year, and that will allow me to ramp up content, amongst other things. Hopefully, it will be better quality content as I attempt to change the direction of this show. So buckle in, and again, thanks for listening. Tech news, sort of. There really is no tech news this week. So instead, here are four things I wish Apple would manufacture. First up, I have some high-end watches which I stopped wearing because of the Apple Watch. I really wish they would make a fitness band I could wear along with any watch that I would choose to wear. It would be smaller, be able to pair with non-Apple apps and hardware, show text messages, heart rate, and exercise progress. You know, something like a Fitbit. But what I want is more integration with Apple's ecosystem. Next, why can't Apple make a regular iPad or iPad Air with a larger, well, let's say 12-inch display? This would make consuming content and using it as a display a better experience. 
Yes, they would be cutting into some of their other product lines, but that hasn't stopped the company from doing so before. Hey, how about an Apple TV box with a soundbar and FaceTime camera equipped with their center stage capability built in? I think a lot of people would go for that. I know I'd buy one as soon as it was released. You know, Apple seems to be all in on their Fitness Plus service. How about manufacturing or at least partnering with a fitness company to bring Apple-branded or endorsed equipment? Take indoor cycles, for example. Right now, Apple recommends two Swin models. One is a model with old technology. It has friction versus magnetic resistance, just plain old cage pedals versus dual cage clip-in parts, a chain drive versus a modern belt drive, and an optional console. This bike costs $1,199 plus tax and shipping sans console. You know, my Soul bike features magnetic resistance, dual style pedals, a belt drive, and a decent console. It's available for $799. The Schwinn model their instructors use feature all that my Soul bike has, with some parts of a higher quality, of course, than my humble Soul. And a nice console on top of that. It has a crank arm power meter, and the bike is Bluetooth and Ant Plus enabled also. Well, this thing costs $3,000. If Apple could bring in a bike model which features in between the sole and the top-tier Schwinn for about, well, let's say $1,200, I would consider buying one. It would be able to interface with their app and provide more metrics, giving users of Apple Fitness Plus a, dare I say, Peloton-like experience. You know, Apple loves China. Well, maybe not Taiwan so much, but many indoor cycles are made there in Taiwan, including my soul. Heck, Pelotons are made there. Well, at least for now. Perhaps they could team up with one of them and come out with their own product. Well, one could only dream, I guess. Check I'm using. I'm loving the Y scale I was gifted for my birthday. Unless it's giving me news I just don't want to hear, such as unsatisfactory weight loss or gain. Last Friday, I jumped on board and the display told me I had gained six pounds. What? At the time, that seemed impossible to me because I've been dutifully doing strength training five days a week and I've been cycling every day since September 18th, increasing workout time to almost triple the amount from when I started. What? Upon looking at the stats in the app, I realized that I've also put on 7 pounds of muscle mass, so I hope that explains the weight gain. My body fat has also decreased by 2%, which explains why my clothing seems to fit better lately. Bone and lean body mass have both increased also. And most importantly, my stamina has gone up. That was one of my main goals. Still, the progress I've made isn't what I expected. I expected much more, but I guess age is the leading factor for this here. The Soul SB900 Indoor Cycle, also known as the torture device that I use to exercise, has lived up to its reputation of being gym quality. The only problems I've had with it is the handlebar height and a squeaking sound that the seat makes because of the padded cover I put on it. 
Uh, recently, I've decided to use the generous two-month free trial of the Peloton digital app, along with the three other apps I use to exercise. I'll have more on the Peloton app as I use it more often, but I'll probably drop it and keep using Apple Fitness Plus. Why? Well, when using Apple Fitness Plus, my time, calories burned, and heart rate are displayed on my screen from my Apple Watch, while RPM is provided by the bike's computer. While using the other apps, uh, to get a display of my heart rate on screen, I have to wear a Wahoo heart rate strap on my chest for the Peloton app, and for the Intelligent Cycling app, I have to wear a cheap armband heart rate monitor along with the Wahoo chest strap. The Wahoo transmits the heart rate to the app, which displays it in zones, while the armband pairs with the bike's computer. Along with the Apple Watch, that means I'm rocking three heart rate monitors when I exercise, and that's just too much. With Apple Fitness Plus, I just have to be wearing the Apple Watch. The only metrics I can get with the Peloton digital app anyway is the heart rate because it won't pair with the bike's computer. So for convenience sake, Apple Fitness wins hands down. Entertainment News. It's no secret if you've been listening to the show that my wife and I are big fans of movies. But after watching a lot of this year's releases, it appears Holly Weird is really running out of gas. Perhaps they've been running out of gas for years, but the pandemic has just made it more apparent. HBO Max, its streaming movie uh, channel, brought us movies that were in theaters but all have disappointed, the latest being Dune. I've watched two movies in theaters this year and both failed to live up to expectations. One was the critically acclaimed Dark House, the other was No Time to Die, that James Bond spectacle. I don't know why this is, but maybe it's because they keep bringing politics into the scripts and try to shove social justice messages down our throats. Two movies I did enjoy were the Tom Hanks vehicle on Apple TV Plus, Finch, which was very watchable, and Red Notice on Netflix, which was great. I hope things improve in the future, but I have my doubts. Podcasting news, which actually is just going to be an exercise in reminiscing. A few years ago, I decided I wanted to write a novel. I purchased an Apple MacBook Air and some high-end writing software to help me accomplish this. Then I got to actually writing. After deleting about three, uh, maybe, yeah, three finished novels, because they were crap, I looked for another way to be creative. Well, how about a podcast? Back then, though podcasts were gaining in popularity, it was still a time of mostly independent podcasters with a sprinkling of celebrities and national public radio shows. It was a wide-open space back then. I decided to do a show concerning tech and a personal journal of sorts. I did some research and decided on a Blue Yeti microphone because all the streamers on YouTube used them and recommended them. They were probably getting kickbacks. I found one at a sale price and pulled the trigger. For software, well, I would just use the free GarageBand app included with Apple computers. What can go wrong? What I didn't know was that the Blue Yeti is a condenser-type mic, and it picks up any and all sounds it hears. Computer fans, various electronic hums, birds chirping, traffic, neighbors laughing. You get the picture. Unless you're in a quiet setting or a studio, this mic isn't very good, so it was back to the drawing board. 
After doing some more research, I decided on a cheap dynamic mic, this one being the Samsung Q2U. Gone were the room and outside noises. I was all set. All I had to do was talk into the mic and record. Then what? Oh, yeah. You need a host for your show. After you get more research, I found a suitable one. What did you say? Oh, yeah, I need cover art for my show. The app Canva fit the bill nicely, and it was free. All set then, right? Well, no. I needed a soundtrack and found it on YouTube Free Music. Well, that should do it. I sat down to record my first episode. Hey, easy peasy. After about a minute, I ran out of things to say. I needed some kind of outline, I decided. After scribbling one out, I again attempted and this time completed my first episode titled Hello World. I know, quite original, right? I published the episode on Halloween 2019 and sat back expecting to be the next Joe Rogan. Well, that sure didn't happen. Back to research. I had no idea about audio levels and editing, so I learned. I bought a cheap audio interface and a decent mic stand. I started spending more time on the script and started cranking out episodes. If only I sounded better, I reasoned to myself. After many interface and mic upgrades, I added a DBX unit to enhance the audio and structured the podcast. I bought a new digital audio workstation and added sound effects. I switched hosts and saw an immediate gain in audience. Nothing would stop me from gaining fame and fortune. Well, no. Because of the COVID lockdowns, all these celebrities had no way to make money and attention for themselves, I guess. So they started well-funded podcasts by the thousands. Big media, now realizing there was money to be made, stepped in and changed and, in my opinion, ruined the podcast space. I was doing well until May of this year when my audience numbers dropped by half for some reason. I'm still hanging in here, but it's got to the point where I once considered stopping podcasting entirely. The problem with that is uh, I kind of enjoy podcasting, so I guess I'll just wait it out and try to adapt. And when able, dedicate more time to it and hopefully improve on things. So, in the future, expect some experimentation. Maybe something will stick. Time will tell. What would episode 100 be without a rant? This could have been a story, but I decided to make it a rant, and it deserved to be a rant. Earlier this month, my wife contacted me while I was at work. She wanted to ask me why I had put in for a credit card. Well, I hadn't. I thought maybe it was one of those your pre-approved things you get in the mail with a fake credit card enclosed. When I got home, I discovered it wasn't. It was a real-life card. I called the issuer, and upon being forwarded to their fraud department, I canceled the card. The representative, who was very helpful, advised me to freeze my credit with the three credit agencies, which I did the following morning. A couple of days later, my mail carrier knocked on the door and asked if I had moved. The reason he asked was because someone had requested my mail be forwarded to a different address. He advised me to contact the post office. I did immediately and was told to come to the post office and cancel the change of address. I went straight down there and did so. You know, I was required to show a form of ID to do this. 
the postal supervisor could or would not give me the address to which my mail was being forwarded to. You know, I wanted that information so I could report this information to the police. Over the next couple of nights, first my wife and then both of us heard what sounded like someone going through our mailbox, but by the time I got out there and investigated, they were long gone. And so was a package I was expecting from Amazon, which showed delivered. What I think was happening was that these lowlifes didn't get the credit card, and they just kept coming back to check my mailbox and took whatever they found in there. Then I discovered that these criminals had actually received my mail on one day at least and got a check I was expecting from the state. I called the estate entity, but have to wait a month and file an affidavit to get another check issued. So far, at least when I was talking to the representative, the check hadn't been cashed yet. Now, to top it all off, I was told by my son that anybody can just go online and change addresses and have mail forwarded with no identification required. Well, I checked this out for myself, and yep, it's true. You know, yet I had to provide identification to stop this fraudulent mail grab. I'm still looking for a way to obtain the forwarding address so I can alert the proper authorities, but so far I've been met with a dead end. You know, what's to stop these fiends from doing this again? My regular postal worker knows not to forward my mail, but what if he's off? I have a credit monitoring service that will alert me to any changes, and the frozen credit agency accounts hopefully will ward off any new attempts on my identity. You know, I know it's been said before, but we really do need stronger laws and punishments for this type of crime. And the responsibility of proof of fraud shouldn't be on the victim. You know, thank goodness I semi-dodged this attempt. I'm just waiting patiently for the next one. The landmark 100th episode of the OFNT podcast has come to a conclusion. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you, and I wish I would have been able to make a special episode for this landmark. You know, you can always contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You can tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, stay out of my mailbox. Stay out of my identity. And most importantly, get off my lawn. I'm out. See you next week. For sure. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.